Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Progressive is proud to honor our veterans by donating vehicles to move their lives forward, especially in times of need. This year celebrates eight years and more than 750 vehicles donated. Learn more about their Keys to Progress program and plans for 2020 at keystoprogress.com. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages or situations. <laughs> Oakland, LA, Oakland, Vegas, Raider Nation, wherever, forever. You got your old Uncle Mosh and Raiders fan radio from Murph's Man Cave taking a lighter journey into the dark side. Sit back, put your feet up, pop a top, and enjoy the ride. Here we go! We miss you, we love you, and we'll see you in the Hall of Fame. When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players, you have a great organization, and you tell them one thing, just win, baby. Way up the middle, intercepted to the piano. I love this team. I think this team can win. I think this team can win. What is up, Raider Nation? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of Raiders Fan Radio. Appreciate everybody joining us here for another episode of the uh, of the show. Thank you for the guys in the uh, in the chat room that have already joined us. I see Chevy Raider in there, New Life Bully, Salvador, Ashton, Adam Hill, Sam Acosta, uh, of course Ron and Bobby Wasabi. We can't start an episode without uh, without Ron. Of course, he's like our uh, official unofficial uh kickstarter of the of the show so again appreciate you guys uh joining us here for another episode of the show and um yeah appreciate uh, uh everybody everybody checking us out mosh uh welcome to i'm all over the place today let me, let me slow, let me slow <laughs> yeah. down uh deep breath the, deep breath deep breath so uh i can't do this show alone so let me welcome into the southern 
annex of the Murph's Fan Cave desk, the one and only Uncle Mosh. Welcome to the show, Uncle Mosh. Well, it is so good to be back in the chair. I'm kind of back in the saddle, if you will. Well, you and Steven Tyler. Yeah. Oh. Uh, you see what yeah, I did I, there? We, we could have gone to school together. You sure could have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah. that he's now a Nashville resident and he's becoming a country music star now? Did I love you know that? that. I love yeah. that. Yeah, he's playing the Ryman and all kinds of stuff. That's awesome. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. That. Talk about a midlife, uh, end of life crisis. <laughs> he's an old dude, man. Yeah, he's up there. He's yeah, up there no, bit. he's like older than I am. He's like, he's like a, that crowd that's like that 70 plus. Like there's some really cool people and they're like Harrison Ford. Like there's a, you right, know what right. I mean? Like Robert Plant. Like there's some iconic guys in there and that, and he's, he's kind of in there as well. But anyways, uh, who, what about, what about uh, any Raiders we could throw? I'm sure there's some of the, the classic Raiders would be in their seventies sure. in, in there. But anyway, so uh, thank you for joining us here for another episode of Raiders fan radio. Uh, Uncle Mosh, we got a lot. And a little to get to tonight. We got a lot of little. We got a lot of little to get to tonight here on the show. And uh, so uh, we're going to, first off, we're going to talk about episode number 105, which is what this is. And uh, we're going to give some respect. We're going to talk about the new stadium uh, and and how, what some of the news uh, that has come out around the Oakland stadium kind of news scene. Uh, then we're going to do the Sea of Fans mailbag, Uncle Mosh, and then uh, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the, uh, the upcoming game against Kansas City. So a lot and a little to get to. And uh, for those of you in the chat, now and I already see Chevy Nelson, or Chevy Nelson, Chevy Raider has got the, uh, the, uh, the now famous hashtag, cut the Nelsons going on. And, um, you know, normally when we do the show live on the YouTubes, uh, I kind of look at the chat. Now I can't, I don't type in there very often, but I like to see what you guys write and uh, respond to it when we can. Uh, now, uh, danger, danger, warning, Will Robinson, Uncle Mosh now has access. He, Uncle Mosh now doesn't just have one screen over there. So he, not only does he not have his iPhone, but now he's got a laptop and an iPad rocking over there. You guys can't see it necessarily in the, in the, in the shot, but Uncle Mosh, has, he's got like a command center going on over there, so he's going to be monitoring the chat. So if you want to get a message to Uncle Mosh, again, we're, we're, we're not good at, at typing and, and responding back to you. <laughs> Wait, but, you could have stopped that. We're not good at typing. <laughs> well, I, got, I got a little bit of trouble seeing, let alone typing. <laughs> Absolutely. But you ASDF. Can, yeah, but you can get us get, <laughs> but you can get messages to us uh, certainly uh, during the show that way by by being in the chat. So thank you to those of you that are in the chat. And Uncle Mosh, thank you for being here tonight. Uh, you're kind of playing injured. You got a little bit of the stuff. You got a little bit of the crud going on over there. I got issues right now. He's been trying to. Uncle Mosh has been drinking Nyquil and uh, uh, yeah. Give me a bottle of Nyquil. That restful sleep my body needs. Do you ever remember that song? It's an old country song. I can't get to sleep. I think I can't get to sleep at night. Until my tongue is green. Give me. <laughs> oh, my I, gosh. I, I really do think that was, that was an a old song? song. Yeah. Give wow. Me a, give me a bottle of NyQuil. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't remember who sang it. Like, it's years. Like, we're talking 30 years ago. 30 years ago. Yeah. yeah or yeah, better. Yeah. Or yeah. better. Wow. No, I don't, I don't know that one. But uh, I, had, I had to take my hat off. I had to take my. And I love my hat. Don't get me wrong. You love but, your hat. Uh, you love- I, I, I wasn't wearing the right shirt to sport the hat. I got you. Uh, uh, you know, sometimes you got to have the hat and the shirt and. And things were going a little crazy, and I, I just, uh, but I, I, I'm probably not going to play Pete Koch's his 
his sound bite this week. Okay. But uh, I wanted to give a, you know, I wanted to give a. You got the a, silver locks I, working. I had you to got... get the silver locks flowing for Pete, and we'll talk about the silver locks so, later when we get to Q-Dog. So speaking of uh, <laughs> speaking of hats, I'm glad you brought that up, Uncle Mosh. I'm showing on camera here the Raiders Bridgestone Golf 47 brand hat. We're going to give this thing away. What did we decide? You, we were going to take your submissions via email. Yes. Uh, with a story, with a Raiders story, was it family? It was. Story? It was a, a family. We 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 talked about this in post. We we said, you know, we're going to go with a uh, a Raiders uh, holiday story, something that was you know that happened. Uh, it, and it, and when we say holiday, it could be it could be a Sunday when the Raiders are playing. That's a holiday, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it was maybe maybe close to Christmas or Thanksgiving or you know. Uh, it's a little known, it's a little known fact there, Nermy, that uh, December 6th and 7th, the Finnish celebrate their Independence Day from 1917. Oh, good for the Finns. Yeah, and we... Or are we, they Dutch? And we, we, we call that the big Finnish. Oh, I see what you did there. Okay, and... <sighs> all right. And now's where I change the camera and ask for my hat back. <laughs> okay. All right. So, anyway, send us a, send us an email about the Raiders or the yeah, Finnish, no whatever, yeah. whatever you oh. want. Oh. And, let me see what I did. Do we and have I, any? Do we have any listeners in Finland? Yeah. Yeah. I'll bet we do. Yeah, we sure do. We, and we, in, oh, what about the Costa Rica news? Did you get that? Oh, give it, give it, okay. give it. Okay. So we this have now amazing. we have now charted in uh, six countries. And most recently, Costa Rica is the one we've charted in. So thank you to all of you down in Costa Rica that are listening to Raiders Fan Radio. You know, Raiders Fan Radio, you know, if you don't know, Raiders Fan Radio is heard in over 80 countries around the world and uh, all 50 states. And um, sometimes we call it Raiders Fan Radio worldwide. Worldwide or global. That's right. And so anyway, so thank you to those of you down in Costa Rica that are paying attention to our little podcast here. We are we are uh, WWRFR. appreciative of you of you joining in all right so so uncle mosh let's get to uh, a couple things here so first off before we even play the contact information i gotta get something off my chest dude i i I was hoping you were gonna do this because it's 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 kc week right it's kc week it's time to let the hate flow it's time to let the hate flow i remember two or three years ago I, i i i called in and i gave you i did a rant Amazing how, rant, which uh, we're wait, I should have played it this way. I'll dig it up while we're doing the about show. About how much I hate KC, and it and this is the week. This, there's a couple of weeks when it's okay to hate in Raider Nation. You know, we got a lot of hate going on all over the world, but this is the week it's okay to hate in Raider Nation, and it has to do with our hatred for Kansas City, and it's an okay thing. But uh, there's a little something else going on within the family that needs to be addressed. And there's some outsiders that just need to be, uh, hey, you don't want me to put q dog. <laughs> All right, so here's what I got, man. So, you know, I consume a lot of Raiders media. I try not to um, overdo it on podcasts. And the only reason why is that there are many wonderful other Raiders podcasts out there. And uh, and we know a lot and are, are, love them and are friends with a lot of them, especially guys like over at the Pillaging Podcast, uh, the guys that behind the eye patch. Like there's a, there's a handful of podcasts, guys that I would consider friend of, of, of ours, peers of ours. And we celebrate what they do because a rising tide raises all ships, right, Mosh? Like yeah, this is all, you know, it's we're all big, one big pirate fleet here. And so there's plenty of podcasts to go around. All right, so, but I don't listen to a lot of them day in, day out because I don't want their 
opinions to permeate into what little brain I have and to then have me regurgitate those things. I want to kind of consume as much Raider news as I can, distill it down, and then we give a fresh opinion here on the show. Yes, Murph, you, 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 hit a, you said a word there. You said news. Yes. And we're not talking, we're not, we, we, can, we can go hours and hours and hours on opinions, on speculation, on, but, but we like to get the news, the raw news. Like get the news. And, and so hit it, man. Yeah, so, so here's, here's what we got. So there are a handful of news outlets that I trust. I trust Steve Corcoran, RaiderSnakeBit.com. Uh, you know, there's, there's Jerry McDonald, uh, Matt Schneidman. There's a handful of guys that I will go to for the news. But there are a lot of news outlets for the Raiders. And there are a couple in particular, and I'm not going to even name them because I want to dignify no, them here on the show, absolutely not. but they float out sensationalized clickbaity kind of stories. And I'm telling you Raider nation be very um, mindful, mindful. Thank you, Mosh of when you read a story, see who it's from. And if it's a story that sounds kind of far fetched, and it's from a name that's not look as much as I you know don't care for him at times. If it's not Raider Snake Pit or the Athletic or ESPN or whatever, CBS Sports. If it's not something like that, then it's probably somebody's fluff piece. It's probably somebody's opinion. It's probably somebody's speculation. And then look, their speculation is no different than yours. They don't have any more sources than you do. All they're doing is they're taking a story and they're crafting it. For clicks, they're crafting it for hits. And when you float out a story like the Raiders are going to trade for Blake Bortles for draft picks, it's Please. trash. It's absolute garbage. It's the same people that said, "Oh, Calvin Johnson's going to be a Raider." It's the same. Look, and, I, and if somebody wants to declare a story as, "Hey, look, here's my opinion. Here's I've taken this into account, this into account, this into account, and I think that this is something that's a possibility." That is entirely fair. There's nothing wrong with that. And you see people like Phil Barber or the Santa Rosa Press Democrat, who we've gotten to know, people like that, they will offer up an opinion. And there's nothing wrong with an educated opinion. But to just throw a story out there, just to kind of see what sticks, I'm telling you, Raider Nation, don't buy it. Don't click on it. Don't pay attention to it. Don't retweet it. Don't make Facebook posts about it. It's trash. It's garbage. It's just completely made up. It's fabricated. It's a friggin' story. It's a fantasy land. And it drives me crazy mosh and here's why because it leads to division in the fan base you get these you get look we already got enough things to be divided about as a fan base we already got enough things to be divided about as raider nation you could be pissed off about how they're playing you could be pissed off about who's coaching you'd be pissed off about what city they're going to play in we don't need people like this fueling that fire be better than that you got a big brain on your raider nation use it don't buy into this trash that gets floated out there what do you think mosh uh, I don't think that I can say anything ah, more fires me than up. what you said. And I love it. I love that I love that you get fired up about that. But I, I almost feel like you're defending what we do here because we hear from the fans. We don't hear our our fans aren't in this to get clicks. You know? No. Our, our fans are our fans are here to talk about <laughs> the Raiders. Yes. And there's nothing and look, and again, there's nothing wrong with that stuff. Look, I love Mikey. We love Mikey. Yeah, absolutely. Okay? Mikey does some videos with the intention of getting attention. So he, and he'll tell you, this is just some crazy thought I've had this way. And there's nothing wrong with that, but he doesn't have this, like, 
you know, there's, there's not, a, not subtext with Mikey. No, Mikey and is, he's Mikey not, is legit when he says, I am pissed off. I'm pissed off about that. You know? Yes. And he's and, not doing it. And he's not doing it as like, Oh, look, here's something that's true. And right, I'm reacting right, to right, it. Right. That's not what he's doing. It's not misleading. It's misrepresenting. He's yeah, not misrepresenting. Absolutely. So there's a big difference between the blogs and those other people that are out there. And look, and I'm not, and I'm talking about, and there's a couple and I'm not picking there's some blog friends of ours, Ray to Ramble. Like there's a lot of good ones out there, but I'm talking about there are some straight up media outlets that are quote affiliated that are just bad. It's just trash. Don't pay attention to it. If you see something crazy, Raider Nation, it's most likely that it is. So, anyways, all right, I'm gonna go ahead and dismount my soapbox there before I before I run out of steam. Wow. We, you were we, fired up about oh, that. Oh man, it pisses me off, yeah. man. It freaking pisses me off because I don't want to see our people okay, get Okay, I just I, I I didn't want you to start. All right, sorry. You see what happens? You start me up again. <laughs> it's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh next up here so let's let's i'll tell you what let's go ahead and play the contact info let me catch my breath and then we will come back and we want to uh we want to give some respect and uh and and, and a couple other things so Eat let's some get crackers there. or something all right boys and girls pay attention you got your old uncle mosh here with an update that's right i got some stuff for you take out a piece of paper a pencil a pen uh heck use your pocket knife and carve the info into your dashboard as you're driving down the highway first off you need to like us on our fan page on facebook that's right go to facebook at raiders fan radio podcast don't forget about the twitter you know your old uncle mosh he twits now that's right Go to at Raiders Fan Radio. Also, don't forget the Instagram at Raiders Fan Radio. Or what about our website? That's right, RaidersFanRadio.com. Heck, if you wanted to, you if you wanted to, if you want to, you can even email us show at RaidersFanRadio.com or call us on the Raiders Fan Radio Hotline, 909-345-3346. That's 909-345-3346. Don't forget Merv's Fan Cave on the YouTube where you can get all the show links like the Fan Club Blitz with Splatterhead and Fitz. Find all our stuff on podcast providers like Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. All right, did I hit the time limit? Good. Good. <laughs> yeah, I hit the time. I did that in one breath. Good job, Uncle Mosh. All right, so uh, thank you for Uncle Mosh. Uh, thank you to Uncle Mosh for all the contact. Gosh, I'm a mush mouth today. Uh, thank you for that, Uncle Mosh. And, yes, best way right now to support Raiders Fan Radio, please subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, hit the button there. It's YouTube.com slash Murph's Fan Cave. That's M-U-R-F-S fan cave uh thank you to those of you that have done that already and please continue to support the show that way we're kind of becoming big fans of this whole live stream thing with a couple faces made for radio and uh so and we're having fun we're with having you. fun having a lot of fun 29 of you are subscribing to us absolutely and, or whatever it is and it's it's a blast man it's and we're here we're glad to be here for you absolutely so thank you uh to those of you that support us in that way so speaking of that uh, you know, Uncle Mosh, we give uh, we give respect. Hey. We give respect on this show. We Anybody give, we give, can give a shout out. We give respect. We give respect. That's right. No respect props. Respect is we earned, give, bro. That's, uh, absolutely. That's right. And so someone that's earned a lot of respect in my book, I mentioned him a few minutes ago, uh, my buddy Mikey. Uh, we do Mondays with Mikey and Murph together. Uh, Mikey and I have not only had a great time together doing our, our show, uh, but he's become a friend. And I like how 
volatile he is. I love how different of an opinion he is. It's funny. I'll hear from some people that'll be like, oh, Murph, you're great. But man, Mikey, I'll tell you sometimes. And then on his channel, we'll hear, Mikey, you're great. But that Murph, man, I don't know. Like, it's funny. So what that tells me is that we're kind of, we're hitting multiple beats there. And that's the whole point of it, right? Is that we're we're different. Uh, where we don't differ is our passion for the Oakland Raiders. We are equally as passionate about this football team. We just have different approaches on it. But anyway, so I, I said all that about Mikey to say this. I want to give him respect because he had not only me, but you, Uncle Mosh, on a show earlier today. We did a show called Inside the Raider Nation. It's a new interview series that Mikey is doing where he basically just kind of sits down with members of Raider Nation and we kind of talk all things about the Raiders from our origin stories as fans to our favorite plays to uh, to each other and all that stuff. So and it was really fun. Was so fun, thank you yeah. to Mikey for inviting us to be the first or the inaugural guests of that show. Yeah, he did. And he, of course, Mikey does absolutely a fantastic job when he's uh, in post, when he does all his editing. And uh, man, I, I, I can't wait to see Mikey make me look good. You know, <laughs> and it was, it was a lot of fun. We talked about uh, how we became fans, why we're still fans. We got into a little bit about why we do this. Why, what is it that drives you and me to put in all this time and effort to sit behind a couple of microphones and some, and some cameras on your desk and, <laughs> yeah. and have a good time weekly you know and absolutely. so it was uh it was a lot of fun, Ab- lot of fun. absolutely absolutely good stuff there so thank you again to him for uh for inviting us over for that and that'll be up this saturday it's on mikey's channel on air nation uh spelt just like it sounds on air nation uh you could just google mikey raider r-a-y-d-e-r and he'll come up as well uh so look for us this saturday for that episode of inside the raider nation all right uncle mosh next up i want to give some respect and, uh, you know, it wouldn't be the first time we gave respect to the guys in Jersey, right? Hey, uh, we love those guys. Man, the, the guys in the Black Hole, New Jersey, are awesome. Uh, not only supporters of our show, but contributors to the Murphs Fan Cave Network. Uh, once upon a time, when we started Raiders Fan Radio, one of the first made men uh, on our show was Chuck McCann, Chuck Splatterhead. And uh, he is a uh, an amazing uh, representative of Raider Nation. He is the president of the New Jersey chapter of the Black Hole. And Chuck went from being just a... Um, uh, you know, a made man and, and caller and listener to now hosting his own show, the Fan Club Blitz. And so he hosts the Fan Club Blitz on the Murph's Fan Cave Network. He does it with his buddies Tom and uh, and and Fitz, and they're great. They're, they're I they're love so the, funny. They're so funny. Yeah, it's it's irreverent. It's just you know, it's what. It's guys hanging out in a bar watching a Raider game, and it's a blast. And yeah. so, um, you know, it, it's. Uh, Personally, it's, homie, it's personally, it's part of my life. I don't do that anymore, but I used to a lot. And, I, and at times when I miss it, I can listen to them. And it's, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's, it's really cool. So I really enjoy listening to those guys. And they'll even have other guys that are members of the Black Hole. Uh, Chris Potts comes to mind, a few others that'll, that'll kind of jump in. And, and they just do, a, it's a lot of fun. So all that said, I want to give respect to those guys. And they flat held it down this week in Baltimore uh, not only the guys from the New Jersey chapter of the Black Hole, but Monster Mash Ken uh, was down there along with the Virginia Booster Clubs and DC Metro. Uh, Rodney, uh, Sir Hitman, who's the president of DC Metro, he was actually on the fan club blitz, and th- they all shared this big tailgate together in Baltimore and just 
had uh, you could tell an amazing time and i appreciate not only um again th- th- their support of of us and uh, having us be included here we are all these miles away and and for them to think of us and to, and to make us part of it by sending us pictures and messages and whatnot is just really really cool stuff so thank you to all of you uh over there that are affiliated with the new jersey chapter and the virginia uh groups and and monster mash cam thank you i'll give you guys a lot of respect for uh uh, for what you do for Raiders Fan Radio. You're listening to The Violator, and I'm live on Raider Fan Radio. Where you at, baby? All right, Uncle Mosh. We are in episode number 105 of, wow. uh, of Raiders Fan Radio. I know, cool, huh? And uh, so, speaking of the black hole... Oh, uh, yeah. I so, you know, we always honor uh, on an, on Raiders Fan Radio. We take the number of the episode and always honor something that's Raider related, whether that be a player, a yardage total, a year, whatever. Well, when I saw that we were doing episode number 105, it made me immediately think of the black hole. So I'm going to read something to you here real quick. Big breath. In 1995, a group of hardcore Raider fans had an idea create a fan group clad in black that would eventually encompass all of Raider Nation. So in 1996, they purchased seats together in the end zone to create a section of the stadium where fans could stand, cheer, intimidate opposing teams, and epitomize what it means to be a Raiders fan. Since that day, the black hole has represented the diehard Raiders fans, the ones committed to their team, win, lose, or draw. The Black Hole unites Raiders fans worldwide. It is a family that represents the pride, tradition, and commitment of the Oakland Raiders, which is truly uh, what makes the Black Hole football's most notorious fans. The Black Hole is much more than Section 105 in the Coliseum. It is wherever you, the passionate Raiders fan, lives and breathes the silver and black. This is the Black Hole state of mind. Positive fanaticism at its best, the Black Hole aims to reach and join forces with all those who bleed silver and black. With chapters both in the U.S. and abroad, the Black Hole promotes team spirit, community outreach, civic pride, and the ultimate family of fans. Join us as we together unite as one nation. Wow. That is the Black Hole originated in section 105 of the Oakland Coliseum, so we want to celebrate the Black Hole and all of those guys and what they do here on Raiders Fan Radio. One last thing, Uncle Mosh, Chuck says it all the time on his show, no one does it like they do it. And it is the absolute truth that when you look at the community outreach and the involvement that they do, there is no off-season for these fan no clubs. There is no off-season for the Black Hole. They are invested in the areas in which they live, and it is amazing. It's not just getting together and drinking and eating chi- chicken wings on Sunday. That is so much more. It is literally a lifestyle, and it is such an amazing thing. They are amazing representatives of Raider Nation. So thank you to the Black Hole and to Section 105. All right, man, that was awesome. They're great, man. Hey. I tell you, tell you, Mosh, the, the first I sat, in, you know, technically the black hole, like it started in 105. Right. And, right and technically, right. when you look at it in this in the stadium, it's 103 to like 108. Right. It's that whole strip. Sure. Sure. So I sat in the black hole this year for first time ever. Yeah. And we were in 104. We were right on the edge of 105. 
And uh, it's it's everything you would think it would be. It's and it's in it and it's so amazing and so fun. But it it does translate. And look, we are kind of the voice of the out of town fan at times when we have you know we mention all the different countries we're heard in and we hear back from you. And we have so many of our listeners are are out of Oakland. So there are many of our listeners that will never get to to experience what that's like sure. to go to the black hole. But it's more than that. It's not just going and sitting in those seats. It's it's all those things that I just read to you. That, to me, is what makes the black hole so cool. And whether you've ever been there or not doesn't matter. It's do you embrace and, and embody that spirit of fandom. It's just it's awesome stuff. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Hey, so uh, the black hole is in the stadium. Yes. It's where it started. Yes. This is called Segway. Okay. So Hit if it. the black hole is in the stadium, <laughs> oh, nice. what's going on with the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum? Oh, my gosh. All right. So listen to this. All right. So there's some craziness that happened today. So um, I've had a few Raiders stadium updates that I've been sitting on for a little bit, and I've kind of been waiting for the right time to play them. And, uh, and, and we, we, we've gotten to that point today. And the reason why, Uncle Mosh, is that um, the Oakland A's, who are – entwined in whatever the Oakland Raiders plans were going to be for a stadium. They were in, they were linked together in one form or fashion, like it or not. And I'm not going to get into all the minutia of the stadium negotiations because, you know, look, some people blame Libby Schaff. Some people blame who's the mayor of Oakland. Some people blame the city. Some people blame the Raiders. Some people blame Mark Davis. It's, there's plenty of blame to go around. But the bottom line is this, is that Oakland made a choice to not negotiate with the Raiders to what they were wanting to do with the Coliseum site. It all came down to whether the Raiders and the NFL would own the land because then they could develop a new Coliseum adjacent to the existing Coliseum, right? Sure. And and then, you know... Uh, do like do, they've done in other cities, tear right. one down Exa- while they build another. Exactly. Blah, that blah, was blah, what blah. the... Well, they could never do that in Oakland because the A's also live in the Oakland Coliseum. And because the A's occupied the Coliseum for that time, they couldn't necessarily do that. That you couldn't have one getting, you know, the A's needed a home, essentially, sure. okay? So today, the, the and the A's have negotiated numerous times to leave. They tried to go to San Jose. They tried to go to Fremont. They tried to, they've tried numerous times. So one of the most recent ones was the, the Howard Terminal area of Oakland, which is over there on the water. They had uh, negotiated uh, a, a chance to, to build a ballpark there. And the announcement came out today that they were going, that, that, that is now underway. So now we're a far cry from digging into the yeah, dirt, yeah, right? Yeah, we're a yeah, far yeah, cry no. from that. But the, what got my interest and what led to this stadium discussion today, and we don't dwell a lot on the stadium, but we're going to today a little bit, was that the, the, in the proposal, the A's said, we're going to break ground in 2020, and we're going to be playing ball in 2023. So now the way it works or sits right now, the Raiders, as of 2020, are going to start playing games in Vegas. So the actual the timeline would have worked out. So this whole crux of, well, the A's needed to be gone for the Raiders to start to build. Well, now the A's, which at the last I heard before this was that they were going to renovate the Coliseum and they were going to stay there. Well, now they're not. Now they're going to leave. So the land is going to be left vacant. So here it was. You had the A's, the Raiders, and the Warriors all on one spot, and now none of them are going to be there. And so if... 
if that doesn't tell us a little bit that Oakland was at minimum in bed somehow with the A's and chose the A's over the Raiders, I don't know what else to think because now you're going to have a, a vacant spot. Now they said they're going to build, they're going to leave the base paths. And and look, let me say this too. There's no bigger A's fan in the world than me. Absolutely. And, and you. And I know you're you're kind of split with Giants too. Um, but I love the A's. But this is and this is kind of like watching your parents fight. Like I'm like, oh, I don't know which one side right, to pick, right, right? Right, right, right. But so they're going to leave the diamond there, but then they're going to renovate and they're going to build like housing and like malls and doing whatever. But I'm like, God bless it. Like why did it just it's so frustrating that this could have worked. Now, I look at it's not going to happen. It's just, you know, literally going to be water under the bridge. But it's just it's disappointing to me that that I don't know, cooler heads or egos or whatever couldn't have prevailed in this thing and that the Raiders could have still been, you know, the Oakland Raiders. But they're not going well, and, to be. And, and actually, that is, that's that's good news probably in the Raiders' front office because it, it dispels any of the uh, of the rumors and the, the, the delusions about lawsuits and things of that nature. So we know that that's probably not going to happen with this, this plan to move forward. So, uh, you know, it'll probably end up saving Oakland a lot of money in the long run. Legal fees, nothing else. Yeah, it will. And, you know, that was the thing is that it's all going to be privately funded, which, you know, the Raiders were looking at at public funding. And, you know, did I say public or private? The the A's are going to be privately funded. The Raiders Raiders were wanting public public, funding. And the public funding would have essentially been the sale of that land or the donation of that land is what it would have been. And, again, that's I don't want to get into the details of all that stuff because it's a lot to process and it's pretty convoluted. Um, but at the end of the day, okay, so they're going, right? So the Raiders are going. So here's what I've been sitting on. Where are they going? Going to Vegas, man. Vegas, and, baby, Vegas. And and what's going to happen in Vegas? Uh, well, what well, happens if they're started in Oakland? started in Oakland. That's exactly <laughs> right. So just to give you a couple of quick updates on where we're at with the with the Raiders-Vegas Stadium, it's starting to, to take shape. Nice. And, and, you know, as much as, look, it says stay in Oakland right here over my shoulder, and I will always be an Oakland Raider fan first and foremost. But I'm starting to come around more and more to the idea of them playing in Vegas. And, you know, I think the team is obviously with the, quote, rebuild or whatever you want to call it, the team is definitely setting up to have a more successful run in Vegas than they have had here in the past couple of years in Oakland. Um, so anyway, so I just I wanted to play a couple of things for you that I thought were fun. Uh, the first thing we're going to play is called From the Ground Up. It's um, you and I are big Mike Rowe fans. Absolutely. One of the best voiceover guys ever. Yeah. Uh, he's up there with John Facenda in my book, you know. And uh, so anyway, so Mike Rowe does a nice narration of uh, of what's going on, kind of the genesis of the Raiders Stadium in Vegas. So let's play that for you here. This is From the Ground Up. November 13th, 2017. The first shovel of dirt was removed from a 64-acre plot of land just west of the Las Vegas Strip. The Raiders, united with a team of tireless leaders from Nevada, are creating an ultra-modern, permanent stadium for the Raider Nation to call home. These are the stories of the people and the project, told from the ground up. Anytime you build a new home, there are many things to consider. For the Raiders, an undertaking as complex as a cutting-edge stadium will utilize much of the organization's talent and focus. It's been pretty much my job for the last 10 to 12 years, so to see it coming to fruition is very satisfying. The whole experience of finding a new home and developing a new state-of-the-art stadium for the Raiders 
is an overnight success that took about 20 years. It's pretty exciting, but it's, it's coming at us very fast. It happens like some other things in life in two ways, very, very gradually and then suddenly. I can't believe this is happening, but holy cow, I better get everything organized because the pace is going to be furious, and it has been since we started. NFL stadiums take a lot of land, and finding just the right parcel is the key to a successful endeavor. We struggled with that in, in previous incarnations and in trying to get stadiums done, and, and unless you have control of the land, you really don't have much of a project. Owning the property legitimizes the project, meaning if you don't have the land, all you really have are, well, some pretty architectural renderings. There were, I believe, 11 different sites that were contemplated sites up and down the strip. We talked about some sites as far away as the Speedway, some sites down south of 15. I think it's by far the best location we could have found. It's essentially adjacent to the strip, so you'll have all that strip traffic, but it's not on the strip, thus creating problems not just for the stadium patrons, but for also the resort properties. You don't want to create a nightmare for them that impacts the rest of their business. We're building a spectacular facility together. All right, Uncle Mosh, there's from the ground up, our buddy Mike Rowe there. What do you think? I love it. Hey, uh, Ron on the chat says they should paint a baseball field on the, <laughs> uh, uh, when they get it built in Vegas, and then they can call that their throwback game. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah, and there's not going to be any any baseball field there, uh, which will certainly be nice for the team. You know, it's funny. I'm I'm glad that uh, that that uh, you brought that up. That's a good little segue here, Mosh, because our next um, soundbite it comes from News Three in Vegas. And they actually talk about the grass. And, you know, uh, you know, the stadium in Arizona, uh, Chris Berman famously called it the big toaster because the grass like rolls in like on a tray. Right. Right. And then they roll it out and grow it. Right. And they put it in on game day. The Raiders are going to have something very similar. They're going to have one of those grass trays. And but they're also going to have and you'll hear him talk about this in the in the clip, the biggest outdoor door. Like it's going to be a big on the wall. The entire wall of the stadium is going to open up in this big giant door. I'm getting chills. You're going to see a view of the strip. Wow. From the, it's freaking cool. That's like this great. is the kind of stuff where I'm like, all right, as much as I'm a state Oakland guy. Yeah. Like, that's pretty badass. That you, really you know what badass. I mean? Like it's going to be you know, cool. I was just in, I was just in Arizona uh, two yeah, weeks ago yeah. and it was asking about that. I'm like, why do they do that? And so they, they, you can go on the YouTube. They were sh they, the guy I was talking with is is, is a, an architect down there, and he was telling me that that and we were actually eating lunch where uh, the Diamondbacks play. We were at the, oh they, uh -huh. have a, they have a and they were taking out their turf to put in. I were taking out their grass to put in turf. Because, oh, like field because, turf yeah, or whatever. Because okay. of the the way that they built their stadium, um, they said it's one of the only ones that. That uh, uh, from home plate to third base, I think doesn't face due north or something like that. So oh, there's okay. a big spot that doesn't grow. So they did that, even though it's in the the sunniest part of the nation. Yeah, they do that so that they can have like you know the roof that retracts and stuff like that, and it rolls out. And they, I said, so why do they roll out their grass? And they go, so it can get sun and water, and it's about four feet high, and it takes like eight or ten hours to roll it out, and then they bring in these monster truck things and they put on yeah, all this yeah, dirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just really ah, a great cool. idea. I'm surprised more people don't do that.
but it's uh it's gonna be so neat. that's gonna it's be gonna cool be really, yeah really so that, awesome. so we're gonna have that uh going on in vegas uh with the raiders so some pretty cool stuff so here's some new details and the reason we're playing it here on the show is that these are new details about this vegas stadium and it's just fascinating it's gonna be neat stuff 626 days from today that is when your raider stadium is supposed to be finished it was a year ago yesterday they broke ground. You know that stadium is now rising and with it will come two very cool signature elements. We're talking about a huge door that actually opens and the grass field that moves. It's a stadium that sort of acts like a robot, I guess. New at six, our Jeff Gillen is back on the stadium beat. Jeff, if only my house could be that cool. <laughs> yeah, really, if only my house could be that cool. Anyway, good evening, Las Vegas. The field and the doors were on the agenda for discussion today at the stadium authority. They postponed it. I will not postpone this story. For my viewers, this is just too cool to pass up. At the stadium, you can already see the outline of what will be the biggest, baddest door in the city. It will take 10 minutes to open, providing an opening 80 feet tall and 215 feet wide. It will look out on the mother of all backdrops, the Strip. Wednesday, the stadium authority was going to potentially sign off on all the legalese county code stuff that governs the operation. The guy you're hearing is the authorities, Jeremy Aguero. At the request of the county, they asked that we table it while they continue a few conversations. With doors like that, details are important. Steve Hill is the authority chairman. And frankly, we're just dealing with things that are very large, that weigh an awful lot, and you can't just move them every time you would like to. Most of the time, the doors will be closed to save energy, but documents say they could be open more than 800 hours a year for games and events. Weather will be key. They'll be closed when wind reaches 25 miles an hour. And the stadium will come equipped with a weather station to watch weather up to 250 miles away. That stadium will have a natural grass field, and it's cool, too. A rail system will move what's called the field tray in and out. Matter of fact, it will be outside documents say up to 90% of the year so grass can grow. The stadium will have 22 retractable columns that move out of the way to let the turf slide out. Bet your lawn can't do that. In the meantime, the stadium is on track and on budget, which makes Clark County Chair and Governor-elect Steve Sisolak pretty happy. For him, it means jobs. Can drove through parking parking lot, a lot of Nevada license plates, which is what the deal was, and I'm thrilled to see so many people working. And working on a stadium on track to be done in 626 days. And we should note that stadium will be home to the Raiders and the Rebels. It's supposed to be ready for opening day 2020. I'm Jeff Gillett, News 3. All right, there we go. Ron in the Jets. The doors will remain open after Mark Davis takes a dump. That's awesome. Hey, Good one, Vlad has joined us from Serbia on the chat. Oh, very cool. Very nice, cool. Nice. Welcome to Raiders Fan Radio, my man. Thank you very was, much for joining uh, us. It was pretty funny, too. Somebody, I, it's, it's gone away now, but somebody had, had posted that uh, – how awesome would that be if their sections, uh, when they were doing their numbering, if the 105 was where the black hole was? Um, you know, that would be that amazing. Would be a really cool and, you know, thing. I, there's the original black hole, it's, it's organic, right? It, it, it came up as, as I read earlier, you know, the fans are what created it. So no matter what, if the team does that, it's going to be fabricated, it's not going to be the same. But they do need to do something to pay homage, at least at a minimum. Yeah. It's got to be the, I mean, because, you know, you're still going to have Gorilla Rilla and Violator and all those guys down there sitting there. You know what I mean? You just, I, I would certainly hope that they would be hip enough to do something like that. Sure. I, I, I can't imagine that they would. But, and then, but yeah. and they, and then Mark Davis listens to the show. 
So he does. So you know, Mark. Yeah. You know, I was I was just answering his text back there. Oh, was that him that was yeah, texting yeah, you? Yeah, I was texting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny though. Uh, now that you mentioned Mark Davis, I mentioned Monster Mash Ken earlier. Right. Who actually, he calls us here later. Send us pictures hanging out with Mark Davis. No kidding. Kelsey Martinez, uh, Al, um, Al, Mark Davis on the sideline. He had the VIP treatment, everything, nice. and was representing nice. Raiders fan radio. Oh, too, I love it. Amazing. I love we'll it. get more. To, we'll get to more of that later. Uh, but yeah, some pretty cool stuff there. So uh, I hope you guys are at least a little bit excited. I know it's not ideal. Uh, it's not where we want them to play ideally. But the more this Vegas thing goes on, and you know, the more I start thinking to the next two, three years coming into the future, and uh, you know, I think we got some exciting. stuff stuff and the way that it's the technological advancements of this stadium are going to be phenomenal yep. and it's yep. not going to be Oakland yep. Coliseum it's not going to be the same tailgate experience but between Vegas itself and this new facility it's not going to be what we're used to but it will still be a pretty cool fun game day environment sure so. sure absolutely hey what time is it it's time to get to the sea of fans mailbag let's do it buddy let's do it Fading, looking, looking, looking. He's under the gun. He's tied. He's thrown. It is. All right, Uncle Mosh. Uh, first off here in the Sea of Fans mailbag, I believe you got an email, don't you? I do. And, it, you know, because it is hate week. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Paul in the U.K., our good buddy, Paul Egerton in the, UK, in the U.K., sends us an email. He says, this week I'm grasping at straws. It's my birthday on Sunday. And I mention this only as I've done some research. That means we will beat the Kansas City Cheats. And he nice. says, and, he, and and that's that's actually how you how you pronounce their name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cheats. Yeah, know, yeah. It's cheats. Uh, I've looked back through the history of our fine nation and discovered that we have played eight times on December second, and our record stands at five and three, and that's good enough for me to retain hope. I refuse to look at their offense and current record. It means nothing up against my worthless research. <laughs> at some stage of this season we'll play for four quarters and the shock will be enough to see us to victory on any given sunday my friends keep up the good work go raiders paul egerton in shropshire uk awesome just yeah just uh, west of birmingham just over there west yeah, of a, birmingham awesome good deal shropshire is to birmingham as mississippi is to birmingham <laughs> absolutely so appreciate uh appreciate paul and the email thank you buddy keep them coming uh yeah chiefs week man so i've been looking for the um for that that rant i think this is it so i'm gonna start to play this mosh if it's not it i'll just stop it but i think this is your rant about hating the chiefs i hate the bills Oh, no, that's the bill. That's right. Uncle Mosh here, the Raider hater. Why? No. Is that it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But then you talk about hating the Chiefs? But I, I think so. Okay, I'm going to let it play. Let it keep going. You know I hate the Bills? Is it because of OJ? Nah, 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 nah. I'm not even going to go there. Do not get me started talking about the juice. Is it because Marv Levy was their coach in the golden days when everybody knows Marv Levy was wearing Kansas City Chiefs underwear? <coughs> Skittles suck. And we hate Marv Levy. We all know that we hate 
the Bills. Why do we hate the Bills? We hate the Bills. How are you going on about the Bills? They are this is from not the Chiefs. Buffalo. That's right. Can I Buffalo skip? Let me skip gave ahead. Us are you serious? Yes. Who reads Travel and Leisure magazine? Let me oh, tell you who not, reads Travel and Leisure magazine. This is not magazine. it. There's, my, Uncle Mosh had a great uh, run about the Chiefs, about hating the Chiefs. I can't. I'm sorry, I don't have it. We're gonna play them twice in like five weeks. We're gonna right, play them at the right. end of the season. We're gonna, we're gonna get it. But I'll get it set up and ready to and, go. And, the, and the, what was the best thing about that? That was that was what kicked off us being known on a national level because I did my rant about hating the Chiefs. And who followed it up? Ving Rhames. Yep, with a rant, uh, his own rant, about the hatred between the Chiefs I, and the Raiders. And I actually have that one. Here it is. This is amazing. Man as Shakespeare. Always ahead of his time. Close your eyes and tell me what you think about when I say the word hate. Not a pretty picture, I'm guessing. I'm thinking deep down, you know, hate is not a particularly useful thing. But I tell you what, if you really feel the need to have hate in your life, well, maybe you've come to the right place. Chiefs don't like each other? Come on now. You don't like your math teacher. You don't like the guy in the office down the hall. Please. Tonight, hate is alive and well. For these two franchises, what makes it real, what makes it matter is the hate. The hate's what's given us games like this, plays like this, in a rivalry that's become legend. And thankfully tonight, the hate continues. So for the next few hours, watch the hate, embrace the hate, believe in the hate. And then after the game, how about we go back to putting the focus on love? Sound good? All right, there he is, Marcellus Wallace himself, man. It's such an awesome uh such an awesome run there and uh you know mosh had his and then that one came out like a week or so later uh so pretty cool stuff there uh hearing about the the rivalry between uh our raiders and the chiefs all right let's hit the first email or email gosh i can't talk tonight let's hit the first voicemail of tonight and hear from a new caller to the show jeff or as he calls himself raiders 64 yeah i'm uh murph and uncle mosh uh this is Jeff, a.k.a. Raiders64, just calling in to uh, thank both of you for having your show. Um, I'm a long-time Raiders fan since Super Bowl II, so, and, and I have not heard a show like this probably since, oh, God, probably since through the 70s. So, uh, anyways, brief history on, on uh, 
on watching the Raiders play football. Uh, my dad had season tickets uh, from midway through 1972 on all up until they moved to uh, Los Angeles. And my first game was at the end of the 1972 season was against the Chicago Bears, and I got to see the great Dick Buckus play, and that was just awesome. So, <laughs> anyways, uh, so uh, fast forward to what's going on now. Everybody needs to just shut the hell up on Gruden <laughs> because uh, he's just trying to uh, do his job in, in clean house, basically, and I believe that's what he was brought in to do uh, ultimately. And uh, so, you know, mainstream media, and that includes your 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 boy Mikey. He he listens to too much to mainstream media. He, he needs to just kind of change his tune and and um, you know be patient because great things are coming with uh, Mr. Gruden. Because uh, I believe uh, Reggie will be gone at the end of this year, and um, I think, in my opinion, I believe they'll be bringing in Bruce Allen. And uh, I think that that will be probably the pairing that that's that's going to be happening, and um, you know, and I think great things will 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 come after after that. So, anyways, again, uh, thank you both both you guys for uh, an awesome show, and um, it's you know long overdue in my opinion for uh, you know, and I'm just so glad to have. Uh, uh, found it or basically stumbled across it so to speak anyways thanks thanks to you both and go raiders uh, enjoy thanksgiving and, and the sunday's game against the raiders i'm out all right uncle mosh here we go there's jeff raider 64 appreciate the phone call appreciate you stumbling across us here on raiders fan radio we love a good stumble we love a good stumble man absolutely and so you know um so kind of address what he's talking about there look i i'm i'm a not necessarily an apologist, but I'm a fan of John Gruden. Uh, there's nothing that he's going to do from here until whenever he decides to quit coaching that will ever change what he did for us in the early 2000s. I will re- remain a fan of what he did during that time regardless. It's like, you know, I didn't care for the last Indiana Jones movie as much, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but that doesn't change how amazing Raiders of the Lost Ark is. Like, just because you, what you do after the fact doesn't change what you did the, originally to, to create the fandom in me to begin with. I'm a fan of Gruden because of what he did. Now, look, so I get why people like Mikey are fired up. I get why they don't, you know, trust or they're mad or whatever. I get all that kind of stuff. But I'm I'm going to choose to believe because I'm a fan of what he did back then. Mosh, what do you what do you think? I agree. Uh, you know, you brought up movies uh, other than other than Rocky Two, when when he beats Apollo or or Godfather Two. Sometimes sequels aren't as great as the first time. <laughs> hey, Godfather but, 3 is not a good movie. No, but Godfather 2 is amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yes. And, so and, did you just stop being a fan of God? Francis Ford Coppola, forget it. I'm never going to watch Godfather no, again. No, not a chance. No, not a chance. just because 3 kind of stunk it up a little bit? Yeah, no. you know, uh, you, uh, all those Star Wars movies, all 47 of them, <laughs> you know, and you like, 42 of them, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. hey, Princess Leia is still hot in that, that <laughs> when she's chained to Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> 
Absolutely. So yeah, I just you know I it, it, what happens the the whatever the most recent doesn't change the the the, the precedent, right? And so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to to celebrate John Gruden until this thing's done uh, one way or the other. So hopefully he'll get it figured out though, because two and nine sucks. Like there's no there's no defending that. Like there's no uh, Mikey asked us earlier tonight one word that could describe this season, and I said unexpected. I mean. Look, rebuilding, sure, you know, whatever, retooling. What I get all that stuff, but I did not expect our team to be two and two and nine. Nobody did, and that's why everybody's freaking the heck out. Yeah, yeah. well, let's uh, go on and hear from Houston, Steve. Great show, uh, Murph and Mosh. This is Houston Raider Steve. Uh, would I become a name completely and, and lesser identity, the Raider identity? No, I would not. My uncle has been a season ticket holder for the Browns for 50 years when they left and did the Baltimore thing. He just, he never, he's Cleveland through and through. That's just the way it is. And same thing when uh, the Oilers left Houston. My mom was a diehard Oiler fan, Houstonian, adopted. And when they left, uh, she actually became a fan of the Tennessee Titans because she was a big fan of Eddie George being a Buckeye and also uh, Coach Fisher and Steve McNair during those days. So she be, she became a fan of the Tennessee Titans because she was supporting the uh players obviously in the coach last year that they were uh last once they had said that they were moving sports talk show and radio and said callers called in constantly in houston said but adams don't let the door hit you where the good lord split you so i'm not gonna i and they remember the first year they played at the, what was the liberty bowl in memphis and uh, they still have the colors but no i would not become a fan of the raiders my fan i'd still follow Derek Carr and the remaining Raiders that are left on the team, but it just wouldn't be the same. And Anyway, so uh, to answer your question, no, I would not be a fan if they were the Las Vegas Lounge Lizards. We have the Houston Gamblers here in Houston during the Jim Kelly run-and-shoot, run-and-gun days. I never went to a game, even though I admired Kelly and uh, Mouse Davis's offense that he ran. It was exciting. They were in the championship one year, I think. We only had them here for two years in Houston at the Astrodome. Great show. Always enjoy, enjoy the calls and uh, the Heidi game thing I remember is the Timex commercials, and I remember uh, when uh, she fell down and when she was crawling across the ground, they flashed the final score, and I thought, this is really odd. This is really a sensitive moment, and they're showing the final score of the game here at the bottom of the screen. It was uh, surreal. That was payback. You know, I was just like, man, what a weird way to show a final score of a game. Great show, uh, Masha Murph, and uh, watch out for that chicken and the alarm. I had a good laugh on that one. Always enjoy the show. God bless. Take care. Bye. All right, good stuff there from Houston Raiders, Steve. Gosh, you made on your uh, on your tally sheet over there for the Sizzler, Uncle Mosh. What do you got? We got we got Heidi. We got the chicken alarm. What else did he get in there? Oh man, you know he was uh, <laughs> he was cracking me up. He had the Titans. He had Memphis. He did some research. What did he, does he think he's Q dog? Yeah. <laughs> so he referred to the chicken alarm. So last week uh, we were when we were doing the show, my son left his phone in here, and at uh, nine o'clock his alarm goes off because it has to remind him to to go plug in his phone downstairs, and it sounds like. Oh man, I gotta plug my phone in. <laughs> yeah, so uh, plug your phone in, kiddo. But uh, anyway, so um, in all seriousness, to cover a little bit of what he was, uh, what he had brought up, uh, Uncle Mosh. You know, being a fan, it was it was nice to hear that perspective about what happened when the when the Oilers left Houston. 
uh, you know, not a lot of fans became Tennessee Oilers or Tennessee Titans fans. Their fandom stayed in, in Houston, and especially when they became the Titans. It's one thing if you're the Oilers and then you become the Tennessee Oilers, you're carrying the colors and the mascot. Absolutely. With you. But then when you change the name, all of a sudden that connectivity is has been cut off, and that's how I feel about this team. And thankfully, I don't see this being a, a, an opportunity for the Raiders to lose this, quote, lawsuit. But if they did and they became the Las Vegas Renegades, then I'm going to have a real hard time being a fan of this football team anymore. Yeah, well, you know my opinion on that. I know that. your it's opinion on it. You don't opinion. think it's going to happen. It's a moot point. It's Especially moot, now point. With, with, with all this development with the A's. We'll see, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Okay, all right, next up, let's hear from our buddy Alex in Tucson. Hi, this is Alex Sandoval from Tucson, Arizona. Second time calling. Look, I am I am so upset right now. I, I can't believe the fact that people are overreacting and want to bench Derek Carr. That is just that is just ridiculous. I understand that he's had not only a, a rough game this past week against the Ravens, but a, a rough season. But in the end, or I should say in the bigger picture, he's like the last big piece that we have on this team. And if we if we bench Derek Carr and when we give up on Derek Carr, oh my gosh, I, I think that that would just that would just that would not only give people the idea that we're gonna that you know that we're done with Derek Carr, but it it would just it would just be bad for the team. It, it really would, and I don't disagree. I, I'm sorry, I disagree with the with that idea, and I think by doing that, you know, this rebuild would take longer than two or three years, you know, for it to turn back around. It would take you know longer than that, five years maybe, if we give up on Derek Carr. We shouldn't bench Derek Carr. I still believe in him and have faith and don't overreact. Go Raiders. All right. You know, go I'm ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, go you, for it. I don't think – I think the fans are – if there is a handful of fans that are giving up on Carr, but what you got to look at is you got to look at what what the, the people that he's playing with, what is the people that are coaching him. Uh, Cook said about Carr – Cook said, he's got heart, man. Let's be real. How many people are going to want to be back there when a 350-pound dude is coming down on them or trying to bend them to tear their legs off or their ankles off? Like, come on, brah. And you got to deal with that all game? Like, come on. That's not realistic. To be successful for any quarterback and for him to stand back there, deliver the passes that he delivers, and still be successful, he's taking a W to me. Dude. That's, That's huge, awesome. man. That's awesome. To come from Cook, to come from and 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 I can I got reams and reams of of things that John Gruden has said about about his QB. Uh, realistically, Carr ain't going anywhere. No, he's not going he's not anywhere. anywhere. He's not going to get benched. He's not going. Yep. It's yep. you know it's it's not going to happen. You know it's not. Look, so all the what tight ends are left there that we need to account for here? Butler, I think, to uh, to come out and Derek Carrier to speak out on behalf of Derek Carr. I mean, Lee Smith is spirit animal, as I believe a Q dog called him, which is pretty funny. <laughs> Lee Smith came out in defense of Derek Carr, and now we have Jared Cook, uh, who Jared Cook is arguably you know the best player in his position on our team. There's a handful of guys, Rodney Hudson, uh, that that are that, and so to hear that kind of endorsement of the quarterback is is awesome. So I'm with I'm with Alex, and you know. The, the biggest thing we were critical of, of Derek Carr, at the beginning of the year, Uncle Mosh, was what? Interceptions. Interceptions. And the where, un, uh, yeah. The and, untimely interception, throwing right. it after a big gain, throwing it uh, on first and ten, throwing it in the end zone. 
Well, now Derek Carr, look, Grant, I know he's not lighting up the freaking scoreboard, and I know he's not throwing for a ton of yards, but he hasn't thrown a pick in six games. So don't you know the biggest thing we were critical of him as far as throwing interceptions? Well, now he hasn't done that in six games. So there is positivity to be found in there. So, again, exactly. Where's the accolades? Where is the absolutely? So, look, I mean, there there are much bigger things going on with this football team than, than our quarterback. I got faith in the guy. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan, uh, and I think that, you know, the number one most important thing you have to have for your football team is a franchise quarterback, and we've got one. Is he the best quarterback in the league? No. Is he the Not most yet. elite quarterback in the league? No. But I think if you surround him with the amount of weapons uh, that, that other teams have, you see a much different Derek Carr. When, you know, look, two years ago, everybody likes to talk about that, that season two years ago. Well, look, Crabtree bailed him out of a lot of throws because Crabtree had great hands that season. Seth Roberts made some electrifying plays. We had some great play back then uh, from those players, and that's what made our quarterback look great. Well, that's what happens all around the league. Now, there are, yes, there are quarterbacks that throw people open. There's Tom Brady's of the world and Aaron Rodgers, and you throw people open. But if you don't think that freaking, you know, DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller make Deshaun Watson look good, then I don't know what football you're watching. Like, you know what I mean? There are, mm-hmm. it's, there, there's a lot of cases of that where the weapons around them make your quarterback look good. There's nothing wrong with that. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. All of a sudden, Dak Prescott looks like a world beater because Amari <laughs> Cooper balled out, right? Like everybody was wanting to, you know, bench Dak Prescott earlier in the year, and now all of a sudden, you know, they can't get enough of him, and that's because of what Cooper did. So, look, it's just like you, when we get, let's not judge Derek based on what he is today. Now, look, if we surround him with some weapons and all of a sudden we've got some, you know, some high-profile draft picks or we get, you know, I'm not saying we're going to get Le'Veon Bell, but you get what I'm saying. If we bring in some high-profile guys to surround him, now what's Derek Carr look like? Absolutely. Let's protect him. Let's keep him from getting sacked 100 freaking times a game and then see what he looks like, right? So I'm with you, Alex, and that was a great, great voicemail. All right, Uncle Mosh, let's next up go to Alberto in Los Angeles. Hey, Murph. Hey, Mosh. It's Alberto from L.A. Think about making a new Raider name. Maybe L.A. Raider. I don't know. But anyway, yesterday's <laughs> game, that's much to talk about. Same old, same old. I do want to talk about defense, though. There were a lot of uh, bright spots on defense. First thing is turnovers. We got two turnovers, and that's pretty good. Uh, we got two turnovers from the secondary for three games in a row now, and that's crazy, and that's really good. Darian Connolly, I believe, had a 66.1 passer rating. Anyone remember the last cornerback uh, to have those numbers to wear, to wear 21? Exactly. So Connolly's looking promising. Ruben Foster, you know, got released and now dealing with DOI charges. So, you know, Raiders won that pick. Um, Nicholas Morrow's a sleeper. I think he should be, be playing more ever since that Dallas game last season. I thought he'd been playing pretty good. But other than that, there are some promises on defense and offense, not really. We just need that star receiver, and apparently he wants to play now since he's wearing a Cowboys uniform. Wow. But anyway, I want to mention a little uh, Thanksgiving story. I forgot to mention it last call, but I think this is the first Raider game I watched. Uh, I think it was 2013, the Raiders versus Cowboys on Thanksgiving, and I was like 12. I think. Yeah, I was like 12. And I barely remember that game. All I can remember is that the Raiders had a redheaded quarterback, number 14, <laughs> Matt McGloin. I remember Tony Romo was there. And I think I remember Darius Hayward Bay on that team. 
think Denarius Moore, Jacoby Ford. I have no idea, but I, I remember slightly. And the Raiders lost that game by, like, what, 24-14? I, I have no idea, but it's a good uh, Raiders Thanksgiving memory I had. I think it was the first Raider game I remember watching. So, yeah. And, oh, I didn't curse in this, uh, this message, so don't worry about that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Alberto snuck in an F-bomb on us last week, Uncle yeah. Mosh. Um, okay, so uh, a, a couple things there. First off, I remember watching that game in 2013 at your house, house yeah. uh, for Thanksgiving. So, yeah, that was uh, – you know, the Raiders haven't had a lot of anything ever happen on Thanksgiving. It was kind of – they've had some uneventful losses – uh, kind of a couple of uneventful wins, nothing major. Uh, but yeah, nothing, nothing crazy going on there, uh, for Thanksgiving. But, um, I want to bring up something real quick that happened in the chat. Uh, Watts Raider is in there. Watts is a great supporter of Mondays with Mikey and Murph and, and, uh, and everything that we do here in Murph's fan cave. And uh, he made a mention in there about, um, about the, the turnovers, about the fumbles returned for touchdowns and about how, uh, about how cars had two of those and uh, and then th- those count as as turnovers and you know I, i'm i'm with you and you know i used to be really critical of jamarcus for that right like there was games where jamarcus would fumble more than he would even throw interceptions and that was the what he was uh, doing with all the turnovers so absolutely that's fair that's fair criticism of Carr, and i think that there's a a place for you know to be critical of how long he may hold on to the ball at times you know maybe not getting rid of it uh, as quickly as we, as we would like him to, but it's hard to really go full with that opinion only because of the pressure. And so when we look at uh, the pressure he's been under this year, he's been sacked 18 times in the last four games this month. All right. He was sacked 16 times in all of 2016. So again, going back to that 2016 year that we all want to celebrate, he's only sacked 16 times. Well, he's been sacked tw- two more times than that this month. So it's hard to really pin that. Again, I understand the the, the criticism, and, and it's fair, but let's also look at what he's, what he, what he's under uh, as far as pressure goes. Um, now that pressure has also resulted in, into him getting rid of the ball at times quicker. Again, not always, but at times quicker than what we would like him to. And he is checking it down a lot, and that's the other criticism of Carr is that he's throwing the ball uh, short. Well, Carr had uh, his league-high 19th game, with 30-plus attempts and less than 200 yards since joining the NFL in 2014. Uh, next on that list is Blake Bortles, and Carr has done it in, uh, in more than one quarter of his starts. So, again, that criticism is fair, uh, I, I, and that's a great point, Watch Raider, which you brought up about the turnovers, but I just have trouble with it entirely until we then surround him. You know what I mean? Until we get some more around him. When we're comparing him here in this case with Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles has a lot more talent on offense this year than, than what Derek Carr does. Blake Bortles is a classic case of an underachieving quarterback. When you look at the defense that they have that's out of this world and you look at the playmakers they have on offense, Derek Carr doesn't have anything like that at his disposal, and they have only one win more than the Raiders, and a lot of it comes down to Blake Bortles. Yeah, so yeah. I think that that's a, you know, so let's let's keep that that perspective there when we're looking at him. All right, let's go. Uh, next up, let's go to uh, – Uncle Moss, let's go out to a pasture in Texas. Why, hello there, Grandpa Moss and Uncle Murph. What is up? It is B-Dog calling from a pasture in Texas. So I've just been online, Twitter, whatnot, just looking at the comments and stuff on Raiders stuff. They'll be, like, posting something about the Raiders, like, oh, we had a great practice today, or, you know, so-and-so stepped up real big last week, and then, 
I'll just look through the comments and it'll be like, cut Derek Carr. And I'm just like, okay, why? <laughs> and it'll be like, oh, we need to get rid of Derek Carr. We need to draft a new quarterback. Uh, Shea Patterson, we need Justin Herbert, we need Drew Locke, whatever. It's like, why would you get rid of him? First of all, if we draft a new quarterback, who's he going to throw to? Is he going <clears> to <throat> is he going to throw to Tim Brown in the stadium? Like sitting in the stand? I don't know. Um, but I don't think Carr is the source of our problems. It's the offensive line. It's the wide receivers. It's everybody. It's a collective effort. Don't put all the hate on Carr because we're losing. That's that's what just really pissed me off. It's just the negativity, man. It's terrible. Uh, I, I kind of want to make it short because that's all I got because I got to get to uh, science project. But another thing I want to add in here is uh, Ryan Switzer blocked me on Twitter the other day, so that was fun. I basically told him I was glad he was gone because he was dissing the Raiders, like saying he was happy he was out of that organization. And I was just like, well, glad you're gone. And then he blocked me, so. Well, I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you. Uh, we, we nailed it. We, we, last, last week in post, you and I were gone. Okay, how old is this guy? You know, And we, lo- we, love, the, we love, love the it. fact that he is a kid and he's in high school. And, you know, because he was saying, yeah, a long time ago in 2015. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was in middle school, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and, uh, and Alberto. Alberto said that he was 12 in 2013. So yeah, I'm not a yeah. math guy, but I'm pretty sure that's 17 years old. Exactly. So that's, I love the fact that we have the younger totally fans. That is really it. cool. We, Absolutely. We, we, we have hit the gambit, man. We have, we've got them, we've got them from, from L.A. to Serbia and from <laughs> 8 to 80, baby. That's awesome, man. Absolutely. So. Uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, look, uh, we don't know everything. And I think that when you get to a point in your life where you think you know everything, then that's a dangerous place to be. So we are always in a constant state of learning around here on Raiders Fan Radio. But we've been around long enough now that we got a pretty good understanding of what this organization is about and is certainly about its history. And so if we have younger fans tuning into us and we can impart any of that uh, on you, maybe with some some stories or whatever it may be to kind of, you know, to hip you to some some fact about Raider Nation that you weren't aware of, then the, I'll call that, a, a you know, a, not to pat ourselves on the back here, but job well done. Is it like that's I'll I'll glad to do that. Like, I, I think that's cool that that younger fans are, are tuning into us like that's a you know what I mean? I'm not trying to be like self gratifying <laughs> here, but you know what I mean? Like, I'm glad to no, we share that, that, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. that's I mean, that's uh, that's what an old guy's job. And it is Uncle Mosh, not Grandpa Mosh. But that's OK. <laughs> you get props well, for that. You are Grandpa Mosh. I actually am. Grandpa yeah, Mosh. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, I thought that was pretty funny. That though. was great. Call, man. Uncle and, and I love that, you know, because he's. He just he's just the epitome of what I would think of as a Texas seventeen year old. Yeah, 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 exactly. He's calling from a pasture. Pasture in Texas. Pasture in Texas. No, I got to go. I gotta go do my science project. (laughs) And then he goes, B Dog signing off. You know (laughs) (laughs) We had this uh, growing up in San Jose, Channel Eleven was our local news, right? Yeah. And we'd have this guy come on and he'd go, Okay, reporting live. Now we're down here at the bank where the where the robbery took place and he had this this great AM voice, right? And then he'd sign off and he was Hispanic and he would go and he was he was talking all that, you know, that really California talking yeah. and, and, and this is where it happened. And this for Channel Eleven News, Rico Chacon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I and, and, and yeah. that's what I think of when I think of, you know, B Dog from the pasture. The pasture in Texas. Texas. That's yeah, right. I Absolutely. love that kid. Love it. Absolutely. Great stuff. Appreciate you calling the show. And you know, Uncle Mosh, 
That was uh, that was B Dog's third call. Was it really? Yeah. So you know what that means? He's a made man. As soon as you, you can vote. are a made man. You showed you are part of the family by participation. By chance, a man like yourself should make enemies, then they would become my enemies. Showing you are a friend of Raiders Fan Radio, you have leapt across the line. Friendship is everything. Friendship is more than talent. It is more than the government. It's almost equal to family. Be loyal. Made man, Raider fan. Someday, and that day may never come, I'll call upon you to do a service for me. But until that day, accept this as a gift. And don't ever forget, words can hurt more, but silence can break hearts. All right, good stuff there from B-Dog. Appreciate that. And congratulations on being a made man here on Raiders Fan Radio. Uncle Mosh, uh, Watts Raiders bringing it tonight in the chat. I like it. He uh, he, he threw something else out there about, about Chucky. Uh, he says, calls plays like he has weapons. He used Jordy Nelson on a reverse last Sunday. What do you call that? I'm oh, yeah. We I, talked about I'm, that. And I'm with you, Watch Raider. Look, as much as we love John Gruden. I love that. It's, that was an awful call. And that's and I've used the term a few times now. I, I, I've said that the Raiders have run out of talent. And some people be like, what do you mean they can't run out of talent? What I mean by that is that you can only do so much with what you got. Uh, if Jordy Nelson is your go-to on a reverse, then you don't have enough talent to be running a reverse. So... I'm with Watts Raider. Like, why are we calling that play? Uh, and clearly, Jordy's not the guy because he's not only has he lost a step, I think he's lost a couple. And we, well, and, you know and what I mean? I, so, think, I, I think sometimes Coach might outthink himself. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And yes. He, and he's going, okay. And he, it's, it's like playing chess for him. You know, it, it's four, five, six, eight, ten moves ahead, right? And he's going, they're never going to suspect, they're never going to expect. Jordy on a reverse, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. he's thinking that yeah. de- he's, he's got the defense, mo- the defense. He's got the defense moving one way, and he's going to send Jordy the other way. And and five years ago, that might have broke for oh major sure. yardage, sure. But but yeah, when he I was mean, a Packer, it yeah, went, it yeah. Went, yeah, before, before like injuries, said, yeah, before injuries, before before Father Time got a hold of him. You know, so well. You know, it's it's interesting, is it? And I think what you just said is really really cool there, Mosh, because it not only do they run out of talent, but I think that Gruden doesn't call plays like he's running out of talent, but he's still got it. And here's where right, right. you know when we look at the opening drives and the way that the Raiders start off football games, it's pretty impressive. So when we look at, I'm going to read you some numbers here. The Raiders on the opening drive are fourth best in the league at a little over seven yards per play. They're fifth best in the league at a little over three points per drive. After the opening drive, they're five and a quarter yards per play, which is seventh worst in the league, and one and one and point three points per drive, third worst in the league. So this drop-off that we see in the second and third quarter, that's that run out of talent. Now, does that mean that 
because football is all about adjustments, right? The NFL especially is all about adjustments. What do coaches adjust at halftime to account for we what you did that. well? We saw that with the run game this past Sunday. Yeah, and so is Gruden, is he, here's the question, and here's and I think this is the fairest question to ask. Is it that he's not capable or he doesn't have the ability based on the talent that's now on the football team? So, and and that's, a I think, a debatable question. That's a fair way to be critical. Like, okay, is he just lose it in the second half? Does Is he getting out-schemed? Is he getting out-gamed by the coach across from him on the sidelines? Or does he just not have enough to to be able to counter or to be able to adjust himself? And I think that's a that's a fair question to ask. That's a fair question to ask. And I don't I mean, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know. I like to think I know because the Raiders don't have a lot of talent on offense. We don't have a lot. I mean, look what look what we have. I mean, what you know, we got Jalen Richard. Jared Cook, like what else after that? Who, who's the star wide receiver of our football yeah, team? Exactly. Huh? No, exactly. Yeah, you know what it, I mean. It, and, it, you, and you know, and you could say we should trade Amari Cooper. Okay, well, yeah, I agree. I love Amari Cooper, but not at seventeen million dollars a year. Right. Should have, could have, would have. Should have, could have, would have. You know, this week, um, I talked to Phil Barber a little bit on on, on Twitter, and uh, you know, and he was said said something about you know when you look at Coop's numbers and what he's doing in Dallas. And he, and he was like, you know, sure would have been nice to build around a player like that. And I'm like, yeah, but at cost of what? What's the opportunity cost there to build around a guy like Cooper? The occasional disappearing act and $17 million a year? No, thank you. And he was like, well, did you see him on Thanksgiving? And I use that voice. Phil doesn't use a voice like that. He's a professional guy. He said, well, did you see him on Thanksgiving? And I said, yeah. And I also saw him the week before when he was three catches for 36 yards. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, so let's let's keep that in perspective here. So anyways. Um, not a lot going on as far as uh, uh, offensive talent for this Raiders football team, which the last thing I'll say about it, I didn't expect. We talked about Ryan Switzer earlier that blocked B-Dog on Twitter. I thought with Switzer and Jordy and Coop, and uh, I thought, wow, this is going to actually be a strength of our football team this year. Uh, no, yeah. Hey, uh, Kevin Lurker uh, said – In the chat? Yeah, in the chat says uh, Rico Chacon. He's a thing, man. He remembers him. Oh, yeah? Or, or I guess oh, cool. He's, he's still happening or whatever. Oh, is he still around? <laughs> love, oh, that's funny. That. That's awesome, Mosh. Good job. All right, let's go up. Uh, let's. Hey, so speaking of made men, uh, let's go hear from our buddy. Uh, I was going to say something, but I'm going to save it. Let's we'll listen get to, to we'll Q-Dog. Get to it. Let's listen to Q-Dog. Greetings, Murph, Sonny, Uncle Mosh, Nation. It's your 2018 Capo Candidate. Eric Q-Dog Raider calling from the east side up here in snowy Les, Virginia. You know, let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, this week's uh, hit list nominee, and there's only one nominee, seeing as though there's just so many to go and, and ponder and cut through, but there, there's one that just stands head and shoulders above all else. Johnny Holton. This guy <laughs> had the most ridiculous, awkward, lame, lackluster, just completely inept attempt at his solo pass look this past game against the Ravens, those corny Ravens, oh my goodness. He was wide open going over the middle, and it was going to be a glorious bomb. Yes, that's right. Derek Carr actually looked downfield, and you know what? He came up zeros, goose eggs. He didn't take a doggone completion. The ball barely hit his hands before bouncing off of his shoulders and once again making us look like laughing stocks as we came back to the East Coast. But whatever. You know, recently, fans across every NFL team, you know, um, they got a chance to uh, go on to SB Nation Network. Basically, it's a good at media outlet, you know, very poorly written articles, but a good source of information, information nonetheless. And everybody had to basically say who their arch rival was. And you know what? Across the AFC West, 
Not a single team in division voted the Raiders as their number one rival any longer. Brothers, we are slipping in the darkness. I mean, not even our arch rivals, the ones that we say and hate the most, consider us a rival anymore. we got to get it back. But you know what? San Diego was voted a single arch rival by any of the other three teams in division. Hey, things may be bad for us, but it actually sucks to be an L.A. charge, an L.A. supercharge, whatever the hell that is. And this goes out to my man Johnny in San Diego. I was thinking about you, bruh. You know, you once said, you know, they should throw me the quiet storm. Well, go ahead, baby. Get your loving in, Raider Nation. Hey, that's all I got. Remember, Raider Nation, love black Miss silver. Group. All right, there he is, Aaron, the Q-Dog Raider with the slow jam going on in the background. There's I know, right? The and quiet it, storm. And I, and I kind of liked it until the guy started commenting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're uh, listening to you. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned Johnny in San Diego there. So Johnny yeah. in San Diego, and there's a couple other made men that uh, they're kind of MIA on us, Mosh. Uh, Jimmy Zbach, your buddy Jimmy Z up yeah, there. Yeah, I don't know what's going uh, on. Yeah, there's a few few of them uh, that have kind of fallen off in a little bit. So if you're out there and you're still listening to the show, we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, some of the original made men here on, on Raiders Fan Radio, uh, guys like Johnny in San Diego. So I appreciate those, those, uh, those shout-outs there, Q-Dog. All right, so... He brings up a couple of interesting things there. So first, let me talk about the Raiders portion of it, and then we're going to talk about the Raiders fan radio portion of what he had to say. And I'm excited about uh, about uh, the Raiders fan radio portion. Uh, and I'm excited to talk about the Raiders part too. But anyway, so uh, he mentioned that there was a, the, the report there about the teams that viewed what teams as rivals, and none of the teams in our division picked us as a rival. And I think that... That is has all the merit in the world, whether we like it or not. And despite the um, you know the the hatred that we have and the you know the uh, the detest for that guy who shall be not be named and and you know the the, the cheats and the you know you know what I mean. And, uh, what's the other team? The donkeys. Yeah. Yeah. Despite all that, um, you know, there was a term. I reminded of a term back uh, when I lived in the Bay Area, and it was about the Giants Dodgers rivalry. And Dodgers fans used to say they hate us and we don't know they exist, which was a pretty good shot, right? It's a great shot. It's a great shot at Giants fans. And that's how I feel now we are, is that we hate them and they don't know know we exist. And there's a reason why, Q-Dog. The Raiders' records against AFC West opponents since 2002. So this is since John Gruden left. Remember that guy that, that coached just all those wins? So since 2002, since he left, we are 9-23 versus the Chargers. We are 10-21 versus the Broncos. And we are 10-20 versus the Chiefs. Six of, those nine, six of those 29 victories came in 2010 when then <laughs> head coach Tom Cable swept the AFC West but somehow managed to miss the playoffs. So far this year, we are 0-3 against our division opponents. So I say that all that to say this Raider nation, we hate them, but they don't know we exist. Oh, <laughs> and now for something completely different. I had to do it. I had to do it. Shake we were, it up, man. I was Shake getting, it up. We were getting down. <laughs> we were we were going down. We were going down into the into the despair rabbit hole. You know what Coach Gruden said about Carr? 
What do you say about Carr? I think he's a heck of a quarterback, honestly. I'll just leave it at that. I look forward to someday when we have a lot of pieces in place and we have some continuity. Everybody's used to playing with one another. I just think this guy has a real high ceiling. He has a lot of pride in his performance. He's taking care of the football and being available every single day on the practice field and on game day. It's a priority. You know what? He's got faith in his quarterback. That's cool man. stuff, and man. And you're not gonna, you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I look at, I look at all the, all the. Oh, they don't think we're relevant. Blah 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 blah. You know what? I think we're relevant. I'm a fan. All right, well, that's it. You know, yep, yep, I'm, a, yep. I'm a fan. Yep. I think I, I, I love the fact that my coach loves my quarterback, and that there's not discord and. And that was me knocking on wood. Absolutely. And, and I think we're relevant, and I'm well, okay with that. And, you know, we, that's that's a very interesting point you brought up there, Mosh. Is on Mondays with Mikey Murph this week, we were talking about the biggest Raiders bust. We are talking about the biggest bust in history. Could be coaching, could be players, could be whatever, whatever kind of bust. And, you know, there's something in common with the biggest bust for the Raiders. So whether that's Jamarcus or that's Todd Moranovich. Right, right, right. Or whatever, like their, their character busts as well as player but sure. right on like and off the field right there is dysfunction that accompanies them so it could be uh, uh it could be lane kiffin right that there's there was dysfunction that accompanied lane it wasn't just his wins and losses it was the dysfunction that happened inside the meeting rooms when he was right. off the field all right. that okay so that's not here now that that's not going on with gruden and Carr and mark davis there's not dysfunction we don't have the results we want, but it's not a dysfunctional organization. So if there's anything to take solace in, it's that. So I want to uh, hit something real quick. I'm glad you brought up positivity. I love it when you drop the Monty Python. Oh, man. And I see your positivity, Uncle Mosh, and I got some positivity back for you. Come on. Rodney Hudson is uh. becoming our favorite player. He ranks second among centers with an 80.5 overall grade, according to PFF, and ranks first with a 90.7 pass-blocking grade. The guy is still holding it down despite Derek Carr getting coming under fire every single game, despite Matthew Judon sacking him three times in a row. It's not coming from Rodney Hudson. He's still a stalwart on our offensive line. And aside from Jared Cook, Mosh is probably the best player we have on the team. He said, uh, I read that he hasn't allowed a single pressure in 163 dropbacks. That's unbelievable. Can you believe that? That is unbelievable. He's the only That's offensive lineman with 100-plus pass block snaps of 2.6 seconds or above to allow zero pressures this season. Zero. That's Zero crazy. pressures. What a stud, man. Zero friggin' pressures. He's amazing. He's, we he's, talk about him every week. Yes. And why don't we hear more about him? I know. Like, why, does, know. why do we not? Is everybody wants to, to bitch, and fair enough. But no one wants to celebrate. Let's celebrate the man in the middle right now. Yeah, you know what I mean? And I'll give you one more. Speaking of celebrating players, um, but let's celebrate Jared Cook. Not only was he very kind about what he had to say about about uh, about Derek Carr, but the players, so this comes from the Raiders players, voted Jared Cook, their Ed Block Courage oh, Award nice, nominee. Nice. Yeah, he. Um, the team announced it, and uh, th- these accolades are for players uh, that stand to honor such qualities as inspiration, courage, and sportsmanship. 
and so not only is he on pace to set uh, career highs in catches, yards, and touchdowns, but he's also a solid dude off the field awesome. as well. And awesome. so thank you to the to the Raiders for uh, players for for bringing attention to that and, and honoring Jared Cook. That's cool stuff. So all right, now Uncle Mosh, how's this for a segue? Speaking of honoring people, our it's last time, my brother. It's time, man. You know, our last caller, uh, Aaron the Q Dog Raider, uh, made mention on there about uh, about capo candidate. All right, and uh, if you don't know what a capo is, when you look at the way that a uh, we'll just a call family. it a, a family is organized. All right, um, you have a, a a hierarchy. There's an organizational chart, if you will, from top to bottom, and it starts at the top with the with the, with the Don. Okay, the boss, the undisputed leader of the family's organization. Then next to the Don, you have the consigliere. Right. Okay. The consigliere is a trusted counselor and advisor to the boss. The consigliere is a confidant. Usually number three man in the family typically has flowing silver hair and could carry a show tune. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, next up, you have an underboss, a powerful second in command. Underboss could be a family member who is also respected and being groomed to one day fam- take over that, that family business. Then, Uncle Mosh, you have the capo. The capo is similar to a military captain. He's a high-ranking member of the family who leads a crew of soldiers or made men, made if you men, will. if you will. There may be up to three or more such commanders of soldiers who are responsible for the enforcement of earnings. Okay? Next on the list, on the, on the hierarchy, is the made men, also known as the soldiers, the lowest members of the crime family, but still command respect in the organization. To become a made man... The soldiers are required to take an oath of silence called Omerta. In RFR, Raiders Fan Radio, soldiers are required to make three successful calls to get played on the air for the, from the Merce Fan Cave Network. And then you have your associates. You have your individuals who, who tune into the RFR network of podcasts, or maybe to YouTubes. Sure, we could take that. They're regular ham and eggers who claim to be Raiders fans. Some are neophytes who are new to the growing RFR network. Many are dwellers in the chat room who crave Sizzler fame, but aspire to be made men. The associates are truly a rogues gallery. So knowing that that's kind of how the hierarchy of a of the family works, Uncle Mosh, we have our made men. We have our a group of made men who are awesome, awesome contributors over many, many years now to Raiders Fan Radio. And some of those made men have elevated to that capo status. We wanted to have kind of the next rank up from the made men. Because as wonderful as all those made men are, there are some guys that are the made of the made men. Sure. The the weekly contributors, the guys who might even have come up with this chart themselves. And we fully endorse the implementation of this chart. And you can't earn capo. Like capo is like a made man, you can earn it by making calls. You can earn it by working. To become a capo, you gotta kind of be designated. It's a title, my brother. It's, it's a, title a title given. Yeah, it's a title. It's a title it's, given. It's like respect, you know? It's earned. It's given. It's not demanded. It's not bought. It's not it's but not thank you. That's better. But yes. You know? It's a it's a gift. It's, it's a gift. It's, so we would like to, Uncle Mosh and I are honored to welcome the first capo, the first made of the made men to the show, to Raiders Fan Radio. And you know it. It's gonna be Aaron. The Q Dog Raider, Aaron. Thank you for all you've done to contribute to the show. Thank you for being an interviewee on our show at one point, 
and uh, and thank you for this org he's, chart. He's the, the, yeah, and he's he's uh, he's won the Sizzler. He was he's one of the, the first made men. He's been an interviewee. He's always on the chat. You know, absolutely. He's the he's he, he, he he's, he's the guy we're looking for. He's you the know? guy right now. So to honor you and to thank you for that, we got a little something for you. The title of Capo, it's not taken lightly. It's not earned without great effort and loyalty. You see, a couple, a couple's a rank. It's used for a made member. A member heads a crew, and he's got major social status and influence within the organization. Capos, couples got varying degrees of power. Some couples are relatives, some are close friends. But first, first and foremost, a couple. Capo's active within the crew, and a capo is always respected. Thank you, Aaron, the Q-Dog Raider. Congratulations. You are the first. And look, we're not going to hand these things out lightly. This is not like you're going to get like a weekly segment of us going like, okay, and now this no. week's capo. Uh-uh. This is like a maybe once in a year, once every yeah, few months kind of thing. So uh, anyway, so not taken lightly and appreciate, again, all the support that you give to Raiders Fan Radio. All right, Uncle Mosh, let's jump back into the uh, uh, to the Sea of Fans mailbag. We've got a couple more before we get out of here for the night. And uh, let's hear from our buddy Jack in Albany. Hey, this is Raider Jack calling from Albany, Oregon. How you doing? What's going on, Murph? Uncle Mosh, rest of the Raiders Fan Radio Nation out there. I uh, had a thought. I was sitting here watching a thing on uh, fandom. So I had a thought on fandom. My thought on fandom is this. A lot of times in fandom, you'll notice that the fans often reflect the team. You look at, for example, I was raised in Indianapolis. Look at the Colts. You go to a Colts game. The Colts are very kind of clean cut for the most part. You look at their fans. They're all wearing polos. You know, a lot of fans out there. I mean, you might get some in the cheap seats that are, you know, from the city around it, but most of them are, you know, wealthy people that are there at Lucas Oil. You go out to the Black Hole, you see the insanity that the Raiders have, and it's a good feeling. A lot of times you'll notice that the dysfunction of the team does tend to bleed over. So if there's a felt dysfunction going on, you'll see fans jumping ships, screaming, yelling, making nonsense, you know, claims and when we don't understand what's going on back and forth in the front office and such like that, it just, it all feels very unstable, all feels very disheartening. It's good to come together when we see these kind of things to, you know, kind of put that sort of thing down. Because I've been on a lot of Facebook groups that have this problem, but I'm just tired of seeing it. I'm tired of seeing these fans like, oh, well, I'm jumping ship or screw this team or blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I've been loving the Raiders since I was a kid, since they were in L.A. I literally had a bad situation where I was married to a freaking Patriots fan. We (laughs) got a divorce a year ago, and all my Raiders stuff got destroyed by her. I still have, like, one one Raiders shirt, you know, and it, it's it's disheartening. I got to go get through, get some new stuff. It, it was a bad divorce, but anyway, it is what it is. And I stick with my team. And you know, you look at the other teams, the Dog Pound in Cleveland, all the the Giants, and they all reflect their teams. The, the fans always do. But that's just a random thought I had for the day. Go Raiders. 
right. You want to ju- as the guy who's a, a multiple offender in this? You oh, want to jump in on that? Gosh, <laughs> man! If I, I had a I had a breakup one time, and it, it, I wasn't married to her. I uh, it was might have been my shortest relationship ever. I lived with this woman for three days. Oh my god! And gosh. I came home and I'm like, where's my where's my clothes? She she gave all my clothes to the Goodwill and my cat to the pound. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) After three days? (laughs) Three days. What did you do, crap on the floor? No, I'm not sure. (laughs) Two of those days, she was on vacation. You know? She was with her. Reminds me of the movie Friday. How are you going to get fired on your day off? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Holy mackerel. Uh, That's pretty funny. All right, so Jack and Albany. That was hilarious. Love that guy. Yeah, appreciate the call there. But uh, jump in the chat real quick. And first off, a lot of activity in the chat tonight. Thank you. Uh, I can't scroll up but of course Aaron the Q-Dog Raiders in there Joe Valdez Ron uh, Watts Raider Running Bear Raider Homer Bobby Wasabi uh, did I say Joe Valdez yet? Caustic um, Vladimir from Serbia and uh, Kevin Lurker um, the guy in there Adam Garcia asked a question hey Murph what do you think the chances are of the Raiders trading away uh, their top pick to get more picks do you think that's in the Raiders best interest here's what I would say to that and this is a lot of the uh, I w- I say this to a lot of the critics that's that talk about the Raiders acquiring high level picks and say, well, what are they going to do in four years? when They got to pay all those players at the same time. If they don't want to play those max contracts. And what are they going to do with all these guys? High profile players are not what you build a team around. When you think of, you know, g- granted, they do electrifying, amazing things, whether it's Aaron Donald or Khalil Mack or whoever else, uh, amazing players on defense. But you really build the strength of your team around cores. You think of like the Legion of Boom, right? Like you think of, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you build your your team around. So, if there's an opportunity for the Raiders to trade out now that they have multiple draft picks in the first round, if there's an opportunity to trade out of one of those to create more picks, like what the Patriots do to build then depth and to build a core of defense, yes, absolutely. So I think it's entirely a possibility, much more so than it was in the past. You know, I think that. Reggie never really entertained that idea, uh, whether he's there or not. And I think now it's going to be Gruden obviously has a lot more influence on it. It's certainly more of a possibility now, and I wouldn't be mad at it. I mean, look, at this point, when you have this many holes and this many needs on a team, why not? Why not trade back for a couple of twos or something and, and, you know, or a player and a pick or whatever? Absolutely. Uh, I think that that possibility is on the table. And when you have when you have that much stuff to play with, like we have to play with. Yes. When you got that many, you know, it's uh, it's 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 a it's a lot easier to hit on a fifteen when you're up two hundred dollars. <laughs> you know what I mean? There you, you go. Know? Absolutely. Great point, Mosh. All right, let's go. Uh, we got two more to get to from the same guy. So first off, let's hear. I mentioned him earlier in the show, and thank you to Monster Mash Kent. Let me give him a let me give him a plug. Where he, as Murph is going for little Murph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. <laughs> easy, easy. Yeah, per, uh, uh, yeah. All about context there. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a we had a flashback to bringing the balls to golf. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> all right. So uh, let, let me give uh, Monster Mash can. So Monster Mash can. So he does these custom action figures. If you're on the YouTube, you can see there. This is Little Murph. He's the custom action figure uh, that that Ken made and sent to us. So check him out. He's on Facebook, Monster Mash Ken. Uh, I tell the story about my kids, how uh, one day they were like, hey, Dad, you look like your action figure. I'm like, 
Yeah. <laughs> like, like I came out for like a Ranger game or something and they're like, yeah, do you look like Lil Murph? I'm like, yeah, that was, that's why Lil Murph looks the way he does. And so anyway, uh, great job, Monster Mash Ken, on the on the creation of Lil Murph. And uh, let's hear from uh, from our buddy Monster Mash Ken. Uncle Mosh, Murph, Lil Murph, this is Raider Ken, Master Mash. I'm in Baltimore. We just wanted to kick off. Prediction, Raiders win by a field goal. Carlson again. That's my prediction. I'll call you after the game. I got some great picks. We're representing with uh, Flatterhead and Fitz. My sister Mary is here. First Raider game. She's a Giants fan, but I guarantee she's going to be going home a Raider fan. She's having the time of her life. We love you guys. Raider Nation. There he is, man. Fired up. Love Don't it. you love it? Enthusiasm, man. Love it. Great stuff there from Monster Mash Ken. And, uh, of course, and then, then we, we lost, right? And uh, so when he called back, it was a little bit different of a demeanor. And uh, but still appreciate the call, of course. Always Monster Mash Ken. Murph, Uncle Mosh, this is uh, Monster Mash Ken. <laughs> a little different tone. Gotta do my follow-up call from the game. I know I called during the game. I was uh, sipping on that juice. You know, those, uh, <laughs> that Raider Nation knows how to party out at the tailgates. Uh, I, I just wanted to, uh, the game is what it is. It was fun. It looked like there was uh, some promise. I'm kind of getting that to in a quick minute. I just wanted to say one thing. <clears throat> no matter what the uh, the turmoil is of of the nation. And our team and, and, and where the management is going. Uh, one thing that is always consistent is the true, the loyal fans, those tailgaters that are out there uh, early in the morning and, uh, you know, just having a good time. It's like a real family. I brought my uh, sister-in-law and uh, she, she's a Giants fan, but I guarantee you uh, after that game, she, she's now rooting for that black and silver. So <clears throat> she had a great time and uh, the Chuck and, and Splatterhead and Fitz, uh, they, they threw a hell of a party in the Jersey, uh, the Jersey uh, um, chapter of the Raider Nation, they, they, they just, it was amazing. A lot of great picks. I was very fortunate to be able to go on the field and uh, and meet Al Davis and uh, 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 Mackenzie's brother. I got his name for a second there. And then uh, my, my favorite was uh, Kelsey Martinez, though. That was just really cool. And uh, there were some other things that had happened on the field that we just didn't see. And Anyway, uh just overall, great experience. Just so proud to be part of that uh, tailgate experience. Uh, anyway, uh, as far as the game goes, I think we saw we see some promise in some of these young studs, and that's all we can hope for, right? Uh, I just wish for the best. I know a lot of people are saying trade car now, and so you see all these crazy Twitter posts, and uh, it's just going to set us back. I hope it doesn't happen, but if it does happen, you know what? We just got to ride with it like we always do. Anyway, guys, I hope Thanksgiving was great. I hope you had a great time. Uh, Mosh, I hope you didn't eat a lot of donuts. And uh, love you guys. Take care. God bless. <laughs> oh, man. Good stuff there from Monster Mash Ken. Yeah, man. You know, uh, appreciate him shouting out the guys in the black hole uh, and uh, Splatterhead and Fitz and what they had going on there. Because, again, we win the tailgate. We win, you know, the, the communal nature of fandom. Like, we, we win that every single time. And, uh, you know, so really cool appreciate the report there uh can appreciate the pictures man he sent some great pictures i included them them uh, a couple of them in the slideshow uh this week and uh so really really just appreciate uh him kind of including us you know no fan left behind on that one and so great stuff from uh monster mash ken as always sizzler 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 all right so we had some great calls tonight uh murph we had, you know, of course, Q Dog always does a great call and added added some some sounds to his yes, to his, yes, uh, had the slow jams going, yeah. And uh, uh, I mean, we just had some had some hilarious calls. Jack, 
of course, uh, talking about anytime you talk about what you lost in a divorce <laughs> and work that into a football yeah. fan podcast, that's a good thing. And who can forget B-Dog from his pasture? Uh, B-Dog yeah. get, getting his made man status uh, be, uh, within six months of getting his driver's license. You know, I mean, this is, a, <laughs> this is awesome. It's the, it's the future for us. But tonight, uh, I got to go. I got to go with my Sizzler Award. Uh, because it was a sizzling call, man. It was full of enthusiasm. It was a two-call event. Uh, it was a, 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 ah. a pregame and a postgame, and both of them had both of them had that that excitement that we look for in in uh, an, an, a, a great sizzling call. Uh, he recruited a family member. He was talking about <laughs> sipping juice. He was uh, he brought up a, a positive note. About the fans and the and the tailgating and and our 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 brothers in arms over there in New Jersey, he brought up me eating donuts and having appendicitis <laughs> for crying out loud, and he even dropped a few names. But to top it off, the way he wins the Sizzler Award, he met Al Davis. <laughs> Sizzler. 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 Monster Mash Ken, the winner of this week's Sizzler Award. That is awesome. We are Metallica, and we are here for your Oakland From the Walking Dead to errant Jedi Knights, Raiders fans are a rogues gallery. I'm looking for those of you that are on the YouTube. Uh, I'm looking for the picture. I'm going through. I'm stalking Ken's Facebook here because I want to find the picture. He met Raleigh McKenzie. There's a picture of him with him. There's a him, picture of him with Kelsey Martinez. And there's another one. There it is. Okay, so if you're on the YouTube, check that picture out. There's Ken with Mark Davis. That is so Isn't cool. Isn't that, that cool? That is so cool. That is so cool. And then there's – I'll share one more with you because he's wearing our shirt. Here is – I mentioned uh, I mentioned Sir Hitman uh, Rodney from uh, DC Metro, and so there they are at the tailgate. There's Ken. Let's see if it focuses there. Let's see. There we go. There's Ken and his sister, and then uh, and then Rodney, and he's wearing his Raiders Fan Radio T-shirt. There it is. Now you can see it. Oh, that, that rocks, cool? man! Isn't that cool? I love it. Yeah, and there's a bunch of those there. So appreciate again Ken holding it down, and congratulations on winning this week's Sizzler. I don't Kamash, Um. We got the Chiefs this week. I'm going to find – apologize, I can't do it during the show. It's too hard to find. I got so many dang sound bites. I'm going to find the one where you rant about uh, about the Chiefs. I'm gonna, we'll play that for next week, win or lose. Uh, but I want to do two things before we get out of here. Number one is I will never waste an opportunity to play old NFL films uh, about the Raiders, and especially in terms of the Chiefs. And, you know, last week we talked about a lot of the classic players, a lot of the classic linebackers, and you mentioned Dan Connor. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and we even mentioned a little bit, we talked a little bit about Atkinson. Well, in 1969, Mosh, when the Raiders played the Chiefs, and hold on, let's see, I got the, I got the tail of the tape here. Uh, 11-23, so let's see, that's what, uh, 49 years ago? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. 49 years ago, almost to the day, the Raiders intercepted the, uh, the Chiefs five times. Uh, we won the game 27-24. Two picks were by cornerback Dave Grayson, one by linebacker Gus Otto, and two pick sixes by George Atkinson 
Uh, one by George Atkinson and one by uh, middle linebacker Dan Connors. Daryl LaMonica threw a touchdown to Warren Wells. And place kicker George Blanda had two field goals. And so let's just take a minute here and listen to what that game sounded like back in 1969. The Kansas City Chiefs. Brooding. Intense. Still stinging from last year's humiliation were the first hurdle. And were favored in this game at home. They took the lead on a McVeigh sweep. But Oakland's defense contributed five interceptions. One by aggressive George Atkinson went for a touchdown. A bullet to Wells tied the score. In the second half, Dan Connor scored his fifth career touchdown by galloping 75 yards for the winning six points. Tackles Harry Shue and Bob Spheus were the first to congratulate Connor. But the 27-24 outcome revealed the closeness of these two great teams. Pretty cool stuff there. Yeah. I just can't get enough of John Facenda ever. He's the best. He's the He's, best. His voice is just golly. It's I know. Just, it's awesome, especially when you start dropping names like like Atkinson and of course uh. and Connors and whatnot. That was it's it's so good. Uh, so Mosh. So this rivalry is one of the all time greatest. It's it's one of the most heated. Uh, so what is it? What does this mean? And I want to ask. I want to tell you something first. Kind of what my thoughts are on it, and then I want to ask you about yours. Um, I think back to 1999, we, when we featured Daryl Russell on this show, we talked a lot about the 1999 game where the Raiders went into Arrowhead, beat Kansas City to knock them out of the playoffs. Right, right, And that right. was the famous line where he's walking off the field and he says, we going home, yeah, and they going they home. home. Yeah. You know, so um, there was a, that was like a, that was a, it was an arrival moment for Gruden. It was a reemergence of the Raiders. And then, because then it went and it took off from there, right? And sure. And with a Super Bowl appearance in 2003. So right now we don't have a lot to play for. Right now at two and nine, there's not a lot going on. But the Chiefs do. The Chiefs are sitting at nine and two, which right now makes them the number one seed in the AFC. On their heels are the Patriots at eight and three, the Steelers at seven, three and one, and the Texans are now eight and three after beating the Titans on Monday night. So by knocking down the Chiefs a rung, at a minimum, it's probably going to put them into a tie-breaking situation, if not potentially, could move them from being a first round buy all the way down to being to where they don't even get a buy in the first week at all. They, they could knock them down and we could knock them down into being a fourth seed uh, in this right. And, and forcing them to play in, in, uh, in the first round of the playoffs. Now I know we got a long way to go to get to the playoffs, but my point being though, is that they got a lot to play for and we got nothing to play for. This could be an amazing moment for us. Now look, I don't have any delusions. The Raiders are going to, you know, win this game by 40 points or whatever, but being that it is a rivalry game, any given Sunday, right? We've seen crazier things in, happen in the NFL. My question to you is this, Mosh. Aside from the impact of the records and aside from the impact of the playoff picture, what would this mean? And I asked Mikey this question this last week. What would this mean to Gruden and his legacy and to us as fans if we beat the Chiefs, the, the number one seed in the AFC and arguably the best team in football, if we knock them off on Sunday, does that shut everybody up at least for a few weeks, if not the rest of the season, if we can somehow miraculously pull off a win? You know, Running Bear in the chat room, he, he said it so eloquently, and he says, this is a game where the Chiefs could possibly overlook us 
and will be the team they lose to that they shouldn't. You know, uh, we always beat somebody we shouldn't. We always lose to somebody we shouldn't. That's why we play the game. That's why we play the game. And, man, nothing will shut up the the boo-birds. Nothing's going to shut up the haters. You know, haters got to hate. And, <laughs> okay. and, and you know, those those people, those people, for those of you that, that follow the show and you know my golf analogy, those people that are going to complain about the, the Gruden and they're going to complain about everything up through the Super Bowl win, and then they'll, they'll bitch and moan about that because we didn't cover the point spread. You know, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. they're, they're, they're going to hate. Uh, would it shut people up? No. No, no, it won't. It won't shut them up. Will it? Will it? Will it be the uh, the the hand to help the folks back onto the bandwagon? Possibly, but I don't know. I just I know that that like every Sunday that you and I have 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 watched football, we're thinking we're gonna win. You know, and that's I, what you I, do, I, and that's what you yeah. do, and that's what fans do. You you know, or you wouldn't. You wouldn't spend the money on the jerseys or the shirts or the tickets Absolutely. or the tailgates or whatever else. But, uh, you know, I, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. I, I You know, I, and I don't care what people call it. They're going to call it a fluke. They're going to say, oh, Kansas sure. City took Oakland too light. Okay, so what? So what? Who got the W? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, I, I, you know and I think just personally uh, it will do a lot for us and our show and that – you know, it's tough to be the guys that are positive. It's tough to be the guys that are that are towing the line when the team is underperforming. Because, and I've said this before, and uh, I'll continue to say it, at the end of the year, 31 teams' critics are proven right. Only one team wins the Super Bowl. So you can, you know, any criticism you have of, of your football team, <laughs> you're proved that, that you're right at the end. So for us... If we can do pull off a win like this, then it will help when we do encounter those people, when we do encounter those things, you know, whether it's online or face-to-face, at least we can have that in our back pocket to say, yeah, well, you know, we beat the Chiefs, so something's going right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> it's true. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I, it can happen. It could happen. Uh, I ain't okay. scared of no Chiefs. Well, I, I ain't scared of no damn Chiefs. No. I ain't scared of no damn no. Chiefs. So here's... Here's uh here's a more realistic conversation, because uh, I don't think the Raiders are going to win. Uh, but um, they are 15 point home underdogs to the Chiefs. This is the biggest spread for them at home going back 20 years. Wow. Um, we were 14 point underdogs against the Eagles in 2009, which the Raiders won that game 13 to nine. But my dad used to always say, always bet the home dog. You always bet a home dog. And 15 points is a huge spread in the NFL. Yeah, it is. Anytime you go more than two touchdowns in the NFL, that's a monster spread. So, uh, you know, we got a little uh, little gambling town down the road from us in Tunica, Mississippi. If Uncle Mosh, if you and I were down there at the Gold Strike this weekend and you had 100 bucks to lay on a football game, oh. would you bet $100 on the Raiders to cover the 15-point spread? Well, Absolutely. I and, and, the, and, and the reason I say that is because I had, would have already won 500 at the crap table. <laughs> so I'm a winner either way. That's exactly right. Absolutely. <laughs> Playing with house money, right? Playing with house money. All right, guys, that's all we have for, uh, 
for tonight here on Raiders Fan Radio. Appreciate everybody joining us. Uh, as always, appreciate the chat room. I can't scroll up, but Pirate 1975. And yes, Pirate, I'm going to sing the I'm going to sing the Mikey and Murph theme song if we beat the Chiefs. I made him that bet uh, this on Monday show. Uh, Pirate 1975 is in there. Watch Raider, Mr. B, Raider Homer, uh, Kevin Lurker, uh, Aaron the Q Dog Raider, the Raider Critique, Sergio, Charles Brandon. I see in there. Of course, Mr. Ron is in there and uh, Running Bear. Appreciate everybody checking us out here on Raiders Fan Radio. Enjoy the game this weekend. Enjoy the game Sunday. And uh, that's all we got for the show. Thank you for what you do to support us. Please subscribe to the Murph's Fan Cave uh, YouTube channel. That's the best way to support our show. And then, of course, uh, Apple Podcast or Google Play uh, or download the app if you want, if you're an Android user. So thanks again. We'll talk to you guys next week. Hey, uh, don't forget to mention that uh, thing that's coming out Saturday that you and I are on. Oh, yeah. Once again, thank you to Mikey for, for inviting us to join him for the first episode ever of Inside the Raider Nation where he interviews uh, different fans uh, of the team. I suspect that there's some guys, especially guys like Watts Raider, I'd, I'm going to assume he's going to be on that list of, uh, of interviewees for Mikey. And so I appreciate Mikey reaching out to you and me, Uncle Mosh, to be the, the first uh, interviewees on that. And yes, that will be out Saturday. And uh, if you follow us on social media, I'll have links out to that. Uh, you can find that on Mikey's YouTube channel, which is On Air Nation. And I'll have that out on our Facebook and on our Twitter. All right, guys. That's all we got. Uncle Mosh, close us out. All right, man. Well, hey, uh, just like my buddy B-Dog from the pasture says, it's a school night. I got to go. I got to work on a science project. <laughs> but don't ever forget what's done in Vegas started in Oakland. This holiday season, you know what I have on my wish list? Adventure. That's why I got a new Honda during the Happy Honda Day sales event. They have a whole lineup of rugged all-wheel drive SUVs, CRV, Pilot, Passport. But at the end of the day, I drove off in a new HRV with a bunch of safety features. And best of all, I got it on clearance. So don't just sit around knitting an ugly holiday sweater. See your local Honda dealer for Happy Honda Day's clearance pricing today. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. 
See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com.